x-ray and second screen experience were all like very close to Jeff Bezos, he was a person who I reported to at the, you know, oh, the final stuff. And I like last minute, they're like, oh no, like it was the guy, my boss was actually supposed to go down. He was like, no, no, like you've been working on this. You can go down. I was like, cool, great. Um, and I went down thinking it was going to be like previous times I presented to him where there's like multiple people in the room, his team, like other people on the design product side and said it was, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it, was like, it was like he walked in and then there was a video conference screen with like everyone in Seattle, like all the SVPs <laughs> just sitting there staring. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through it and like just got him like this report going and like just then ended up quoting Dumb and Dumber. And like I got back to Seattle and it was like, I, was, I felt like a rock star. I was getting like high fives in the hallway from like Damn. VPs. Um, Cause it, I think it was probably one of the better I pat myself on the back a little bit. I think it was one of the better uh, presentations that they had given to Jeff, yeah. and probably the best what re best received. Um, so I, I was able to kind of leverage that to move to New York and work remotely. Mad love for you. Thank you so much for coming yeah, out. You to be here. Killed our event. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, it's been awesome to come out here and hang with you guys and just hang away from VidCon. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, hectic. Hey. And so uh, bad. just be able to chill and like, see a little bit of Milwaukee. What do you think? Dude, I'm into it. It's For me, I love New York. I honestly think New York is the best city ever, but I love it a lot more when I leave and I come back. So for me, it's important to like be able to come do trips like this, see you guys, spend some quality time before I go back to the chaos yeah. uh, and immerse myself in it. <laughs> what do you like about Milwaukee? Dude, I think I like the fact that the architecture is like, downtown is beautiful. It's like this historic, beautiful architecture, but it's not crawling with people everywhere. So you can walk and breathe and you don't feel that chaotic yeah. uh, sense that you get in New York. You can actually just take the time to appreciate it, uh, which is really nice. And like we got up this morning and Five and went yeah. and down to, by the art museum and like it was just quiet, peaceful. There's a couple people jogging, but it was like everything was just still. Yeah. And it was just, just so nice. And then we got out the drone and made a bunch of noise and yeah. whatever. It was great. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Tell us a little bit your background. So I know you've you've done Boeing, you've pitched to Bezos, you've yeah, done yeah. all these things. So take us through what you've all done. Because I think you can to keep up with you. I know. I, mean, like, I was going to write you a, like an intro, and I'm like, I can't do Willie. I can do everyone else. I can't do Willie. So I was just like, introduce yourself. So yeah. take us through, yeah, what you've all done. Who you, want you've like all... A, you want like a long, like the long version? If you want, man. <laughs> what, whatever you want to say. So back when I was a kid, uh, no, I've always been like a, a super like nerd at heart. So when I was a kid, I had like a 46 computer, super old school, uh, figured out how to program like basic on it. So I could write like death and it would like launch doom yeah. right and it was like so just dumb little things and that like i graduated from that to like the advent of the internet and learning how to like tell that into like servers because everything was open it was like the wild west back then uh, and like a little bit of like the hacking world and like building apps for aol to kick people off and like get admin access and all that stuff and like down pirating stuff but you know early photoshop versions so that kind of really like launched me into this appreciation and love for design and coding and being able to create things without needing anyone. So I was like, I don't know, like eight, nine, ten at that point. So like being able to just build something 
and that actually had an effect, maybe not always a positive effect, but like it was fun. And it didn't matter how old I was, I was communicating with people who I don't know how old they were, but it didn't matter. Um, and so went from that to, um, you know, burning CDs on the advent of like Napster and file sharing and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. and the LimeWire days. LimeWire oh, days. Yeah. And uh, I remember like getting the first, like our first cable modem and going from 56K to like cable. And it was like, I was like, oh, we, I got something now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got really into like weird encryption stuff when I was a kid. Got offered a job at like 13. Uh, they didn't know how old I was for cybersecurity because I wrote a program that literally would just take the like the back end of like a app or whatever and then just just rewrite it to different like a basic like cypher type thing like nothing crazy but um you know yeah it was the early days yeah. i was like young um obviously my parents weren't cool with that um so finished finished high school and everything in virginia uh a lot of like odd jobs best buy and stuff like that um a lot of like you know computer stuff uh for friends for the school for whatever Went to school, decided I didn't want to do that. Um, ended up going to school for like genetics, doing a ton of research on the science side of things, um, maintaining a pretty well-trafficked blog back in the day, like even before like the mommy blogger thing happened. Yes. I had like, I don't know if you guys remember the, the show Nickelodeon Guts. Oh, I love that show, the Agro Craig, man. Yeah, I'm the Agro Craig. I'm the so only one that like knows guy. it, but that was my show. <laughs> that and Legend of the Hidden Temple, man. Like that was I my- dude. That was my yeah. that was my afternoon after was, school. Uh, yeah, Mo. Yeah, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Every time, no way, take no it way. over to Mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. So, so good. I, I was a step. I was a huge fan, and just thought it was such a weird cult show. Um, and so in college, I created like a tribute website for it, and like made a bunch of merch on Cafe Press, which the other day I realized the site is still there, like okay. with the original designs I did, and made like money to like for trips and travel. In college, like selling merch and uh, starting to do sponsored posts and stuff uh, um, in, the, in those days. And then left that, went to Florida, worked um, in medical sales for a while, a bunch of like random stuff, anesthesia, clinical trials, uh, just kind of to try something new. On the side, I was doing a lot of like, inter like internet marketing in the early days of that, selling stuff on eBay for people, uh, for the company I was working with even. And then it was like the beginning of social influence and marketing and it was when like Foursquare just started Twitter mm -hmm. you know it had just come online in 2006 I think I was on 2007 and so we were having like Twitter meetups and uh, I had like <laughs> the I claimed like the Kim Kardashian account <laughs> for Foursquare and for their store Dash in Miami Beach and I was like check in randomly around Miami <laughs> Beach and like see if I could push traffic like just stupid stuff did you? yeah yeah Damn. it was really weird uh, and that's 2006, and she was still even big back then. Not not to yeah. the extent now. And no, there's no verification check marks back then. So yeah. like whatever. Uh, so did that, and ended up kind of turning that into leaving that company and just doing freelance. Um, freelance, like kind of everything involved in like internet and creative. Uh, I didn't really know what to do or what to call myself. Um, that ended up leading to me starting a co-working space down in South Florida because the tech community was really, we were trying to build it up. So we had a lot of events, kind of like what you guys did last night. There was one called Re Refresh Miami, Refresh Fort Lauderdale. That was monthly that I would help host. Um, and that co-working space kind of ended up creating an agency with some, some friends. So the early days of the Apple App Store. Um, so we worked with a bunch of clients down in South Florida. Um, like app development user experience before we really knew what user experience was uh, 
uh, the coin was was turned. Uh, so that was super fun, and and you know had like a photo studio, had a really cool space down there. Uh, I was like next door to my best friend's company that's still down there, and uh, yeah, I just had a ton of fun and jumped into a bunch of like random startups. Um, we won uh, like the first app. I think it was the first app where you could sign with your finger. Like okay. Contracts. It was called Contracts App. Yeah. The Contracts App HD, and like got a bunch of write ups and stuff. And for me, like back then, I was like so green. I just stoked to like get it out there and live into the world and get press around it. And yep. then I was like, all right, cool. Next, next. <laughs> Instead of thinking like long term, and then you see like companies like DocuSign like going public, yeah. and you're like, fuck, like I had that. If <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I wasn't so green, like or had like better. Uh, mentorship around that mm -hmm. to push me a little bit deeper on that, but I was uh, like ADD, so I was like, wow, "That's cool." We wanted something else, so uh, had a couple of fun, fun startups. Uh, I got featured a couple of times, like by Apple, as like new and noteworthy. Uh, my friend Matt and I's app won uh, Twilio, which is like a huge API for, for stuff. We won their mobile app of the year, twenty something. I don't know. Um, so lots of like minor success. That was just fun. Um, just kind of like building off of what I did as a kid, right? Just like building stuff that I thought was cool and like rolling with it. Um, at some point, I realized that South Florida just wasn't the best place for tech. Uh, and I was like, just nothing, like, I kind of hit that, felt like I hit a ceiling there. So uh, my partner Andy ended up taking over our agency. I moved to Seattle to work with Boeing, uh, through an agency out there, and kind of uh, worked with them, launched a, a platform for their co consumer airlines and a bunch of apps for that. So it was cool. I was doing research out on the tarmac with like wow. the engineers and mechanics, like really hands-on with environmental factors and user experience. Um, we've got that up and going super, super fast. Uh, Boeing's a weird company though. And like being in, in Seattle, like the, the Amazon draw was always there. So I ended up moving over to Amazon, to Amazon Video. And work on a ton of like like high profile projects there, Amazon X Ray, like some of the Fire TV stuff, uh, some of the big Kindle launches and stuff. So that was that was incredible. And then uh, because X Ray and Second Screen Experience were all like very close to Jeff Bezos, he was a person who I reported to at the you know, oh, to the final stuff and um, just had some crazy experiences uh, with with presentations to him. Uh, got him to quote Dumb and Dumber in front of the whole SVP team. And nice. like, he's like very short and to the point. So it was like one of those things where I wasn't, I flew on to Cupertino to meet him mm. because he was in the process of uh, dealing with some issues at Lab126, which is an Amazon subsidiary that does a lot of their future stuff. Okay. And uh, so obviously like first off, he's like probably not in a good mood. He's like down there dealing with like a fire. And so, I like last minute they're like, oh no, like it was the guy, my boss was actually supposed to go down. He was like, no, no, like you've been working on this, you can go down. I was like, cool, great. Um, and I went down thinking it was gonna be like previous times I presented to him where there's like multiple people in the room, his team, like other people on the design product side, and said it was it wasn't. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it was just like him. it was like he walked in and then there was a video conference screen with like everyone in Seattle, like all the SVPs <laughs> just sitting there staring. <laughs> and uh so, and uh, also the, the founder of IMDB, Cole Nita, nice. who's an awesome, awesome dude. And um, so I went through it and like just got him like this report going and like just then ended up quoting Dumb and Dumber. And like I got back to Seattle and it was like, 
was, I felt like a rock star. I was getting like high fives in the hallway from like VPs. Because um, I think it was probably one of the better, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit, I think it was one of the better uh, presentations that they had given to Jeff yeah. and probably the best, what, re- best received. Um, so I, I was able to kind of leverage that to move to New York and work remotely. And I was working with a team in London and a team in Seattle. So I was like, oh, it'll be in the middle or whatever else. The problem was that in, in New York, there was no like office space. The Amazon office space was all full and they couldn't tell me when. So I was like in, I was not in New York, even though I was living there. Um, so I ended up rolling off of Amazon, uh, working for superworld.com. And in the midst of that, meeting Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, we hit it off, decided to start a company together when I was 2014. And uh, kicked off Faithbox. Ran that for three years, a bunch of crazy ups and downs. Um, ended up getting acquired last summer by a company called Inspire Live. Uh, I still own, I still have equity in it, so I'm still like very much uh, hoping they succeed. Yeah. And, you know, it was a very, it was a very big win um, for kind of all of us. And I was ready to roll off. And so they're, they're running it now. And I'm, Working with somebody who's been like one of my mentors, Curtis Martin, who's been, who's an NFL player for eleven years, Hall of Famer, um, but somehow managed to be more successful post NFL than actually in the NFL, which is a very rare. He was very successful in the NFL, which is <laughs> I know, which is like it's saying a lot, right? Like yeah. Hall of Famer, but more successful after. Um, so afterwards, as like Kurt, I'd, I'd love to just see this side of the business that like is kind of behind the closed doors that I would never have access to. Um, and he was like, yeah, come on. And, uh, like after a couple of weeks, he, he was just like, why don't you help me with a bunch of these projects? So now I work like very closely with him, like pretty much, well, not pretty much. I work with him full time on yeah. a ton of different projects, ranging from investment opportunities, executing on companies we're launching, uh, kind of helping the companies we've already invested in, like build relationships to you know our, our network and, and be more successful so there's like all kinds of stuff um, so that's a big part of it and then I, I obviously do a lot of creating yeah. a lot of creative support on the, on that side so yeah, that's why a, I couldn't write the bio on you man yeah, yeah. So that's a lot <laughs> so I think now everybody a, knows <laughs> I, I think I even want more I think this is more in depth than even my like intro video really? like, yeah. Then I, yeah I usually try to like cut it down but but this this eliminates the the idea of the overnight success dude like that's that's a long like you you started from 13 dude you were hired i think my first paying job was when i was in like 12 i was like selling (laughs) saddles in like a horse shop (laughs) like it was crazy i remember i remember i was there for like my first day on my own and i sold like a saddle and the owner came back and i was like she was like you sold a saddle i was like yeah i sold a saddle (laughs) like and that was the the beginning. Um, yeah, so it's been a long. It's been definitely no overnight success. That's like a yeah. It happens every once in a while, but yeah. it's such a rare rare case. I, like I always tell people, like if you think you're gonna like start a company and get rich like overnight or in five years even, like you're like living in a dream world. You're, you're better off playing the lottery every day. Get some scratches. It's fun, but costs you way less money, way less time, way less stress, and like your chances are honestly better than having like a company that turns into a unicorn. Why so, did you decide to become an entrepreneur? I mean, I don't think I no. I, mean, I didn't make a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, how do I become an entrepreneur?" I don't think. I think if you're asking that, like 
you might need to reevaluate whether or not you should be. Because I think for people, people don't, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur was until I was like much later in life. I just knew I like to make stuff and I like to like try to create successful businesses around that or like do things that had a, had a fun, like an impact on people. So I didn't even really know what that meant. I didn't know how to describe it. I didn't know there was a word for it. You just uh, crushed it on your own because you were savvy and you do what you want. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> there was like tons of failure like within there. Like, I mean, I was like, you know, we're talking about this, the, most of the high points are like what led me on to other things, but there's like so many like app ideas that failed or like business partnerships that like fell apart in there while I was learning and I put myself, uh, you know, you know, I associate myself with the wrong people at certain times or just, you know, there's a time in Florida where I had $4 in my bank account and I was like, oh shit, like my rent is literally due today. Like, what am I going to do? And I went out there and I found a client and got a deposit for like work and like made it happen. I think that like, those are the turning points. That's when you're like, this doesn't feel good. I don't like having $4 in my bank account or like being in debt. And so you do something about it, but you don't, you don't necessarily go out and ask someone how to do it. You just figure out a solution to it and you solve it. And then you try never to be back there again. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever go back there after you said you'd never be back at four four dollars in your bank? I was never that bad. Uh, I've definitely been in places where, uh, especially like with with faith boxes, we only raise money mm-hmm. when we started, and so we we should have raised money earlier, and we just put it off because it's lots of reasons. Essentially, it takes away a ton of your time, and it didn't have that time to give. Yeah. And uh, definitely got into like debt situations. Um, but not to the point where I personally was like, oh man, like rent's due, no money. Yeah. You know, I kind of made sure to always create a little bit of a buffer there. It's really hard to operate when and be successful and to think about the things you need to be thinking about if you're stressed out over yeah. budget or if you're stressed out over other things. Like there's too many things that and people who need your attention and time that you need to figure out ways to deal with that stuff before before they become big issues. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think that's why, honestly, you see a lot of entrepreneurs who are like the average age of like successful entrepreneurs skews older. Even though we see a lot of people starting younger, because you start young and then you learn along the way, and then by the time you're like later on, you're like, oh yeah, I had like some good successes along the way, but like you don't really have that big one right. until later because you're like, oh okay, like. You learn things like patience and like creating the buffers and dealing with like the stress and you know it's stressful when you're 25 by the time you're 35 it shouldn't be you should right. that should be like a drop in the bucket because like things never like it just doesn't get easier especially if you're building something it just gets exponentially harder yeah so you have to get better at dealing with that stuff at a exponentially higher rate than you know things are becoming difficult what intrigues me about you and your story is that when I was a kid, I would take apart computers and put them mm. back together completely. And I love how you do that, but like with businesses, <laughs> like, you know, you, you were building apps and building these codes and these hacks and things, and you found your love there and then you just yeah. let it develop naturally. And yeah. like, I love the, the whole idea of like, I'm going to take this apart or I'm going to build this up or I'm going to, you know take what I have and create something completely different or completely out of the box like yeah. that. I love that. Cause like you hear people that are like, yeah, I do that. But like not at nine years old, like for you yeah. to start at nine, get hired by, a, you know, your security, cyber security <laughs> at 13 and then 
small step, small step, small step, small step. Like that's something people don't usually hear or go through. It's yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I think, you know, because of the time, like when I was 13, it was like, you know, mid nineties. And so yeah. there's so much, it was a very like wild west time in the internet and the world. And so things like that happened. I think like now it's a lot harder, right? Like it would be a lot, you know, maybe that's not, true to an extent because I think there are a lot of great resources for coding and stuff but there's a lot more people doing it and stuff which is which is great but I think also the opportunities afforded means that you have to go way further than I had gone right like what I did then is like a drop in the bucket now yeah. if, if that <laughs> but like you've you know you've pitched to Jeff Bezos you've created a solo business with Gary Vaynerchuk like that's people that's stuff that people all over the world, million, literally yeah. millions of people dream to do. Yeah, and yeah. you, not to say accidentally stumbled upon it, because I, I feel like nothing you do is by accident, but you didn't You didn't start with, I want to meet Gary Vaynerchuk. You didn't yeah. start with, I want to pitch Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You started with what you love. You start with what you know how to do, whether that's, whether you're learning and stumbling or whether mm -hmm. you know confidently, but like, you didn't start with the high. You started with, here's what I have, here's what I like doing, let's see yeah. how this goes. And ended I mean, up with all of those people. Honestly, I think when I, before I moved to Seattle, I really didn't know that much about Amazon. I mean, that was like 2012-ish or something. So yeah. like, I wasn't like ordering a ton of stuff on Amazon Prime at that point. Like I didn't know a ton about them. They weren't that, I mean, they were still a, and they're still a big company, but not, not to the extent they are today. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, for me, I've always strived to be the best at whatever I'm doing, whether that's been in a design role or a product role or a CEO role or whatever um, and I think you know because of that and I have a I think one of my strong suits is like I have a very uh, strong ability to adapt to different situations and to like pick up things very quickly and I think that comes from putting myself in uncomfortable positions my whole life yeah. and like realizing it's like sink or swim I mean even like not even just in business I mean even in my personal life I like signed up for a triathlon I was like yeah I can do this like rode a bike you know once like got like got in the water for the first time, like the day of, cause I hadn't like, really trained the swimming part. And I was like, oh dang, this is like pretty involved. <laughs> but like, there's no choice. Like you either swim and make it to the end of the race or you don't. And uh, I literally, the first one I did, I think I came in like oh, somewhere in the middle of my age group. And then after that, I was like, fuck this. Like I want to be first in my yeah. age group. And so like I, I did. Damn. <laughs> um, but you know, I think it, it's just the ability to like adapt. A lot of people are afraid to put themselves in those uncomfortable situations, which not only I think leaves you with a lack of experience and a lack of like breadth of experience, but it also impairs your ability to adapt to different situations. It's not just, oh, I want to make memories. It's I actually want to learn the skills to be able to put myself in different places and adapt to those, whether that's living in a different country or taking a job that you might never have thought to take or like there's so many opportunities that are out there that you just have to kind of be aware of uh, and some of them are things that you need to be very proactive and just like get into but I think a lot of people miss out on that skill because they don't like they don't flex it like yeah. it's not like I'm I was just like super talented being able to adapt like I've practiced it yeah. for 30 40 years so you know or 30 um, I probably haven't practiced it <laughs> I mean I guess so like as a, as a newborn like you're, you're naturally yeah. like having to learn stuff so so yeah I mean it's just one of those things I think probably the most important thing that I think people overlook is that that thing
And it's such a strong suit. It's like, I did a Tough Mudder in 2013, yeah. and I didn't say, I'm doing a Tough Mudder. My first step was watching a YouTube video about Tough Mudder, paying the $150 yeah. to sign up for the Tough Mudder, and then in my head I'm like, well, crap, now I'm doing it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was nine months in advance, so I had those nine months to develop. You know, I didn't know what to expect. It was my yeah. first time running that far. It was my first time, yeah. you know, it was 13, 14 miles. Like, I'd never, I'm a sprinter in track. My longest yeah. distance was 400 meters. Now I'm doing 14 miles, yeah, you know, big, so, big like, it's, it's huge. And it's easy now, having done that, we can apply that nine months experience, in this case, to business to starting this business to doing yeah. what you do because it's not a you know you can be doing things today that aren't necessarily a end goal result but like yeah. you still do your vlog and you're still learning things from your vlog which mm -hmm. is your your fun hobby that you are applying to all of these yeah. other things and you're learning from years past without being like i need to have this done tomorrow i need to know this by tomorrow you yeah. know it's not a a straight answer goal sometimes you can take that time to develop the skill that you need to nine months from now be able to do something that you weren't able to do before yeah so having that long-term vision and like knowing understanding that there's value in certain things long-term and there isn't short-term and like committing to that um and like betting on yourself really because when you're doing something for the long term you're, you're like really betting on yourself and like the fact that you think something is going to be a big opportunity later on uh, and a lot of people are afraid to do that yeah. What would you say to those people that don't know what their long-term thing is? Well, I don't think you have to know what, like, your long-term, like, career or something Just long-term. But I think it's it's understanding that you can do something, and, like, you're not going to be good at it today, but, like, in the long-term, you know, you think you will. Like, if you're a six-foot-eight guy and you're, like, super athletic, you might not, it might not pay off to be shooting, like, free throws today. Like, if you want to end up playing in the NBA or playing in college, like, starting now and starting to shoot free throws and working on your form, yeah, it's going to pay off, like, way in the future. And even just that discipline of, like, going to the gym when no one else is there and doing it, like, that discipline will pay off even if you don't go to the NBA. That'll pay off in, like, every aspect of your life in other ways. So I think it's just understanding, like, okay, there's, like, long-term value in what I'm doing that's relevant to to multiple things and I'm going to develop that now. And I think it's one of those things that it's really hard to understand when, when, you, when, you, when we're younger, like I didn't have that awareness when I was younger. I was just like really stubborn and did things. <laughs> and thankfully they, they paid off. I, like I was always good at betting myself, but I didn't have that long-term vision and awareness on a lot of that stuff. And I think that's the, the hardest thing and until you, and it's hard too, right? Because most people, when you're 10 years old, you're not thinking like, what, what's going to be good for me when I'm 20? Yeah, like, totally. I don't think it's until like late teenage years, like 18 to early 20s, that anyone has an idea of like, oh, like this is going to help me like later on. And there's very few people that are like in their young, young adult life, like in their teens, who are like, you know what? Like, I'm going to be <laughs> like X, Y, or Z. And like, that's all I want to be. And everything I do is going to get me to that place. There are people like that, like kudos to them, man. Like having such a clear path and like knowing what you want so much, that's amazing. Amazing, incredibly rare. Incredibly I wish, rare. dude, I'd be yeah. a badass, man, I wish. Yeah, you, yeah 100%. <laughs> but I still think even with that, right, like you're doing everything to get to one goal, I think with that you, you end up missing, there's pros and cons, right? And the yeah. con to that is yeah. you miss out on other experiences because you're so narrowly focused and it's, if something happens to that, like that career, like 
if you were like in the you know 1800s and you're like i'm going to be like an ice man all my life and you were like working on it and then a refrigeration came out you're like oh shit like i'm done and you you haven't developed any other skills or like so i think you know there's pros and cons to everything um it definitely if you if you figure out later in life it's definitely a longer term play it takes you longer to get there but i think it also makes you more adaptable and easier to switch into different things. I like that too, because people lack a discipline. They say, I want to be an NBA player. But like you said, with the free throws, you can learn how to do free throws, and maybe you are great at free throws, but yeah. you don't make it to the NBA. But people don't learn the lessons that that takes you through, and they just say, I fail. Yeah. You know, they're so quick to say, I did make the NBA, but they're so short to say, but I learned this. I was able to achieve this yeah. percent increase of free throw shooting percentage or yeah. whatever, you know, and, and they forget to look at those small successes that they yeah. still learned that letting go of a dream man yeah, right. yeah that, that, that they can take anywhere yeah the soft anywhere. skills that transfer over like yeah. like yeah there's always you can pull out the silver lining on a lot of things it's like yeah. you look for it and you like learn how to apply those things across spectrum but again you can't learn how to apply that across the spectrum of things if you don't have a spectrum yeah so. that's so true agreed that's so true yeah. agreed it is it's hard to let go of the yes it is. like yeah, it really people is. do get stuck in you know my life needs to look like this but like even like letting go of music that was incredibly hard for me until i went through what i needed to feel like yeah. until i actually like okay i'm done this isn't for me now i'm going to apply what i learned in music into business but that yeah. that process is so hard so so hard. So I, I resonate with the the basketball players that are like shit man. Like my my life work out. I'm not <laughs> yeah. NBA. Like that's hard. It is, but I think once you are able to get yourself out of that like hole yeah. of like letting go of your dream and you start doing something else and you find something that you're good at and you start feeling a little bit of success, I think that's when you're like, oh damn! Like it feels way better to like play to my strengths yes. and like win than like just be losing like every day. And like, right, like if you're like a five foot kid, like it's going to be really hard for you ever to make it in the NBA, like mm-hmm. probably not going to do it, but you could end up being like the best shooting coach or you could right. like, there's so many things that are around that. So, uh, I could, I would like really gone deep on the basketball. <laughs> I used to play, bro. Yeah. It wasn't that good. I dunk, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I played maybe, I think eighth grade, my coach put me in for like three minutes, I got one three pointer and then he's like, all right, you're done. That was all I played the whole year. That's like, great. You're a thousand I'm points. done playing basketball now, guys. I'm not. It's not for me. 100 <laughs> percent from the free th- 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 yeah, yeah. That's I mean, all that matters, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You won. I gave yeah. one three pointer. Everybody went crazy, and then I'm like, oh wait, I still suck. And then the coach pulled me out, and I was done. That was it. <laughs> I stick to soccer. I was good at soccer, and I was good at running. That's all that matters. <laughs> running is interesting to me, man. Like running, that's my happy place. But that's like running is like entrepreneurship to me. There's always these barriers that you overcome, dude. Like. Mile one, you get there, overcome that barrier. Mile two, like there's like that's my favorite feeling, overcoming those challenges. Mm-hmm. That's what entrepreneurship is like. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what entrepreneurship yeah. is. That's it what is, life yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Series of <laughs> problems. Yeah, yeah. Solve one, solving solve all the problems. Yeah. yeah, running is my that's my shit. Nice. I suck. I'm not a good runner. I I actually don't like running. <laughs> well, I saw that you're. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone, yeah. I feel like everyone loves running now, and I'm just. They like, lie, dude. I don't. They, they I don't are straight like, lie. I don't like it. Like I like I've always been like a sprinter. Like maybe three miles, I'm good. Even yeah. triathlons, I did the shorter ones because like I like the sprint. But I don't like like I'm not a distance runner. Do you like meditating? I do. I don't dude, mind. It's similar, meditating. man. It's similar. Just treat it the same. 
to me, it's like running, just like seeing things go by, and like this is like, <laughs> and I want to go faster. <laughs> I can't go fast enough to make it interesting. Do you, do you count your breaths while you run? No. So like, I will inhale three steps, exhale three steps. So in my head, I'm one, two, three, one, two, three, so one, two, three, one, two, three, and I'll literally like in my head increase tone, decrease tone. Like I'll go really? one, two, three, one, two, three, and like for some reason, if like if I have a good playlist on or a good audiobook or something, and I'm going, yeah. For some reason, it's like that surreal moment where you feel like you're out of your body. You, you have that existential, existential moment. And like for some reason, because there's a point when you're running that you get to that point and you're like, I can't really get any more tired. I'm kind of at that plateau, if you will. Yeah. And then I just, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then like I just get that flow and I get an extra mile and a half at 7.30 pace or whatever. But nice. like it's just... Yeah. See, my problem is when I, especially in New York, there's so many people running. Yeah. I can't blocks, not try to. Lights. I can't not yes. try to catch up to the person in front yes. of me, which means like I'm constantly chasing someone down and like constantly just like I'll so go like, like two miles. That's what exhausted. I did in the 400. I let everybody pass me in the first yeah. 200. My coach would be yelling at me. I was talking to you about this the other day. My coach would be yelling at me from the back. You know, the, yeah. the 100, 200 meter mark. Like go, go, go! And I'm like, I'm getting that skinny in front of me. Like just <laughs> yeah, calm yeah, down. Yeah. And I'd always catch him on the last 200. Yeah. I'm like, he'd always come up to me like, I know that's how you operate and it scares the crap out of me every time. But I'm like, just, I got this. Let me run my race. Let me run my race. And that's maybe a good segue into entrepreneurship. People need to run their race and not try too hard, push too many things out. They need to take one step at a time. Run, I'm just going to stop talking. Run their race. But it is run your own race, man. Like people get so, like, it's easy for me to compare myself to you. Yeah. It's easy for me to compare it's my... probably because we look so much alike. Do we look so... Do my hair is flowing hair. today, dude? Like, I, I, I did the I'm work jealous. Out, I'm but, jealous. <laughs> but it's easy to compare. And that's literally, yeah. like, going outside, going for a run, and then, like, starting and comparing yourself to somebody that flies by. And you yeah. have no idea how far they've been running. 100%. Yeah. If they're injured or whatever. Same thing. Or run they, could, they could be an Olympic runner, right? Like, yeah, there's so yeah. many different things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. many different variables. Run your own race. I dig that tattoo. I think I told you that when I met you. Yeah, it is. Right away. Yeah. Dig your tattoo. Appreciate it's it. like <laughs> like when they make now like the twenty ten decade video games and there's like the, the <laughs> faction has like a logo like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know I don't know what More it actually really, is. When I have my own video game, that's what, what is it actually? Mark of what my does plan. it actually <laughs> is a lot of things. So like triangles are the strongest shape in geometry. Yes. yes. Uh, so there's like strength and then staying centered uh, within that. Uh, and it's also delta. Yep. So in the Greek alphabet, so change, which has to change, staying center in the Direction, in kind of change. Arrow. It always points forward, so progress. Steep. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, One yeah. tattoo, 37 meanings. Yeah, it's true. There's like a lot of like hidden meanings in like the triangles. And Shit really does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Absolutely. <laughs> Dig it, Ben. So. What makes you a misfit, man? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just like always go to beat up my own drum. Like, I <laughs> just, like that. just don't really care about other people's opinions too much. Um, as long as it's not like I'm not doing something like hurt someone else, like, yeah, pretty much always go off my own. I don't think my family, like my mom and my family still doesn't understand what I do. And I'm like totally okay with that. Yeah. And uh, I sometimes I don't really understand what I do. <laughs> just like I, just, I know what I have to do. Um, so I think that's a lot of it. I think honestly, anyone who's on the entrepreneurship side, um, been like gone out on there and I think there's definitely some sense of rebellion and like going against the grain there. It's just like kind of baked in. <laughs> I, I like the answer. Cause like 
thinking about like when we ask people that question they have their own answers and you know well i did this like you are the definition in my mind like so many things about what you've done starting you know your coding and doing all that and maybe i'm here you started so young and mm -hmm. so many kids especially with who you've worked with and kids that look up to people like Gary Vee and Bezos and whatnot, you started so young. Yeah. What would you tell the people that are 13 that yeah. are maybe like aspiring, but like, I remember when I was 13, I aspired, but I didn't know how to take action. Yeah. So how can those 13 year olds take a step today yeah. to help them Just become anyone, anyone yeah. to take action? So I, mean, I think the thing is when you're 13, I mean, I just, I didn't know I was taking action. I just did things that I enjoyed doing. I think when you're 13, like, that's your goal. Is like, just do things that you enjoy and figure out what you do enjoy and what you don't. Because, like, you shouldn't be putting pressure on yourself for, like, what, you know, what your job is going to be in 20 years. Like, just have fun with, with what you're doing and, like, do everything. Like, say yes to a bunch of different things. Do things that you, you think you wouldn't like. Do things that you know you like. Like, figure out what those are and then, like, just in, enjoy it. Like, you're 13, like, don't, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Agreed. Good deal, man. Appreciate you. Dude. More willing.